Welcome back to another episode of Key Factors. I'm your host, Mark Jones, and this podcast is sponsored by ReviewMyMortgage.com, which is the largest index of mortgage programs nationally. And this episode, we're going to be talking about CRMs and data management. And I brought on two guests who are also pro lenders for Review My Mortgage, Jason Anderson and Andrew Ibarra from VIP Mortgage. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. Thanks for having us, Mark. Absolutely. I brought you guys on today because... In my opinion, you guys have a pretty good grasp on the topic. Being in the mortgage business a short period of time like you guys have, have actually utilized it and leveraged it. And we've had discussions outside of this that I was going, okay, they know what the heck they're doing for sure. And in my opinion, on this topic, you have loan officers, realtors, anybody in sales, so to speak, that either uses it or they don't. Let's open it up. Andrew, yeah. what, what, do, what do you think about this concept? I want to preface this by saying I'm probably going to overuse the word evolution throughout this. This that's actually a good thing. Okay? You know what? Before we do that and hold that thought, okay. give me a little bit of your background. And the reason for that is our listeners don't know who you are from Adam. Right. I do, and the reason you're on here is because you're an expert. Yeah. But tell us who you are, where you came from, all that good stuff. My story might be similar to a lot of people's out there that I ended up in the mortgage industry by pure luck. I came into this. I was in the military. Had moved around a bunch. I had no clue what I wanted to do with my life. I had met a guy in the military who said, go to school for finance and you'll never be broke. So that's what I did. I came here to Texas, went to college for finance. And while I was in that, I attended one class. I never attended class. Don't listen to that for some of you. (laughs) I never, but I attended one class where they said, Hey, this guy's going to come speak to us tonight. And he was a multimillionaire by age 29. Wow. So, so he came into the class, spoke, and I was like, why is there not more people here? We're literally sitting here getting the most valuable lesson you can get. So I went and spoke to the guy after class and uh, this man ended up changing my life. So he brought me into this industry. Um, He's one of the most highly regarded mortgage lenders in the country. So I got to sit there, speak to him, learn through him. Who was this guy? You can drop his name. Yeah. Josh Sigmund here. He's here local to San Antonio. Yep. Yep. So this man changed my life. He brought me into this. I was really lucky in the sense that I, I earned a spot working on his team, again, from the very ground up. I didn't jump in to be a loan officer right away. I made a lot of copies of papers, brought a lot of coffee to people and things sure. like that. So I kind of kind of scratched my way into this. And then through a couple years of that, I uh, stepped out and became my own uh, loan officer in my own position. So through that, I've seen kind of the evolution again, here we go with evolution of what to do and what not to do as far as what works for me, because it may not work for somebody else. Absolutely. Okay, good. No, thank you. And Jason, real quick, if you could give us a, a glimpse of your your mortgage career experience, background, all that. So my story is a little bit different than his. I was a chef for 15 years before I got into mortgage. My wife's in title. So I got with her and we kind of reevaluated things. And I was like, yeah, I think this would work great for me. And it has. I mean, it's been a short period or it feels like it's been a short time. Like Like my wife says, it don't take long when you know what you're doing. That's true. (laughs) I knew what I was doing cooking, but I didn't. And when I transitioned over here, it was just a a fit. So, So, yeah, I mean... I did the production side for a while and then moved over to be an LO. And now we kind of co-manage our branch now and do what we're doing. So, so yeah, I mean, the short period I've had, I mean, a lot of experience has been in that short period, but learning under good people is key. So, and knowing what they're doing. So hundred percent mentorship and and who you learn from has a lot to do with the future path that you're, you're going to be on. I mean, it can be a fast trajectory or it can be a slow drip. um, And that's totally up to you after you get acquainted with the mortgage business, so to speak. So back to the topic of evolution. Okay. Is it evolution or evolution? We'll call it either. All right. (laughs) (laughs) 
Go ahead. Let's tell me a little bit uh, using it versus not. I mean, what is your perspective or perception on that? And, and I think that's the biggest thing, Mark, is, the, is perspective, okay? Because everybody's going to have a slightly different story. I will come into this conversation being fully transparent and honest with you saying that I think had I started using a CRM two or three years ago, I would be way further ahead than I am right now. Okay. Okay. I came in late using it. I was taught a way that works, but I found a better way. And that's, you know, before it was Excel sheets, Google Doc sheets, keeping a lead tracker, keeping track of your, you know, your past client list, things like that. With, right. with the ultimate goal of current client referrals, past client referrals, all that kind of stuff, of which is, you know, what we'll probably get into with some of the CRM stuff. Sure. No, absolutely. So, so I come into this saying, I was not using a lot of this technology accurately. I was paying for it. I had access to it, but I didn't know anybody who was using it Okay, right. until pretty recently. So I come into this thing, you know, I'm using this and I quickly realize holy cow, there's a lot more that can be done as far as how to organize and, and, and best spend those marketing dollars that, sure. we're, that we're ultimately responsible for to be able to help as many families as we can. Absolutely. Well, there is a book. Matter of fact, it might be right here. Take the stairs. And then there's a second to it, which is procrastinate on purpose that essentially teaches you the concept of the focus funnel, which is automate, delegate, eliminate, or you've got to do it. And as you just mentioned, the CRM system itself evolved from what was a lead tracker, just essentially on a spreadsheet. And if you knew how to do the uh, formulas behind it, you could parlay it to another that gave you totals and percentages and things of that nature. But it was lacking in the sense of the touch to the customer, the touch to the referral partner. But that being the case, it was, let's say, a great let's say, transition to automation and delegation by way of a source, if that makes sense. Yep. And as you mentioned, most people don't use them because they don't know the power of them. You come into the industry and it almost feels like a chore or a task when your mentor or the person training you or even the other loan officers within the office around you are explaining it to you as a new loan officer, you're thinking, man, perception, this this seems like a chore yeah. I, I don't, or a task. I don't want to do more tasks right. where it should be used and leveraged as a tool to help you automate and delegate. And I'd agree with that. I, I think that the word tool is, is important to use because a CRM is not the, the magic sauce that's going to do everything for you. There's a lot of discipline that goes into actually mm -hmm. utilizing it and maintaining it. So I, I think Jason would agree here that if you're not actually using it, there's no point in having it. Right. Okay. Yeah, you have to go all in. If you it. don't utilize the tool the right way, it's not going to do what it's meant to do. Absolutely. If you have all this automation and stuff that'll reach out to all these different systems to to keep everybody engaged, but you're not utilizing it the right way, right? then it doesn't do its job. But yeah. that task, getting on task with doing those little things is a bigger pull because it, it does automate, it does do all this stuff for you, but you just have to do the little piece up front. The little piece so, up front. Yeah. And, and, and it's funny because most of the things, and, and you can confirm or deny, most of the needle moving, impactful things within the mortgage business or mortgage process happen up front. And all of the issues that occur down the road within the mortgage process are caused because of lack of attention to the front. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think that has a lot of importance in the loan officer's duties or maybe their intent. If you're intending to treat this as just another customer means to an end, I get a paycheck or is this a customer that I'm going to have for life? It changes your perception on that or right. perspective, I should say. 
And I agree with that. I think depending on where you are currently in your career, Mm -hmm. just like a child in their formidable years of, you know, absorbing what they're taught and what they're raised to become. I think it's the same thing in your, in your mortgage career, based on what you're taught in the very beginning. Like I'm I'm just going to come out and say it. Even if right now you're new at being a loan officer and you can't afford the CRM, it's the software, if your company's not giving you access to it, you better darn well have at least a lead tracker that you're keeping track of people. Because if you're not doing those minimal things, there's no way to stay organized. Now, once you do have access to the CRM, like like we're getting into, that's the game changer. Yeah, absolutely. So going into, I guess, the evolution of that, what CRM systems are you guys currently using or what CRM systems have you used? Currently, right now, Salesforce, it's a very high-end version of Salesforce. There's a lot that goes into it. It talks to all of our other top of mind, everything else. But yeah, it's just little small drop downs to tell it what to do and it automates everything else. But Salesforce is the big one that kind of drives everything else. Yeah. But everything's accessible from my phone. I don't even need my computer to do anything. If I get a new client or new lead, it all filters through there. You can task, you can delegate everything you need to your team from there. I mean, and it, and it yeah. communicates with the other systems that we're exactly. utilizing. That's a big thing that I want to get into later is integration, right? yeah. the ability to integrate with other things and, and not actually utilizing them properly. Right. Another one we're using that is very industry wide Salesforce, of course, but top of mind is very popular within the real estate industry. And we right. personally use top of mind. Yep. Surefire. So, so top of mind has been a game changer for being able to uh, stay in touch with those current and, and past clients to deploy media and, and information that you're going to stay relevant and in front of them. Absolutely. No. And, and that I think it doesn't matter what. And back to your point, if you don't have something, you should, number one. But if you do have something, learn how to use it. Jump in there and play around. I think that the tutorial videos of you trying to figure out how it works without jumping in there and figuring out how it works and what all its bells and whistles and can do. I think that's important. I think you're kind of chasing your tail if you're just trying to learn how it works without actually using it. Yeah. Use well, it I learn something new every day on that system because I, it's, same it, here. It, it's same here. so complex, but every day I'm like, oh, I can do this. Okay. We're going to integrate this. We're going to see what works, that what doesn't work. And we utilize the tool that works best for our branch. So I think we can bring it down to an even simpler level. Just like anything, if you want to be good at it, find somebody who's already good at it. Don't recreate the wheel. Uh, what Jason and I did actually with the, the current company we're with, there's a man named Jason Freemau out in Arizona. And this guy turned himself from, a, in, and don't quote me on this, Jason, correct me if I'm wrong, $21 million to a $60 million personal production in only like a, what was like it? A year a two and a half. or three year window, less than yeah. that. Yeah. And it's because he fully went in and adopted these systems. So what I'm getting at and the purpose of explaining this this man's story is because what Jason and I did when I admit I'm not good with using CRMs or I wasn't, we went to him and said, show me everything you do, every single detail. What do you do every day with your CRM? And he broke it down on such a, a simple level for us. That's what changed the game is fully adopting everything this guy does. Absolutely. And I think the discovery of how to use the CRM system happens within your levels of progression. The first year in mortgage, and and I'm just opinion, I think, first year in mortgage, you're trying to figure out how to manage all of this stuff. You haven't quite jumped into the CRM system. You're using spreadsheets, as we mentioned. You're using your calendar. You're using notes and tasks and things of that nature, but it becomes overwhelming. Whereas if you adopted the concept of working everything through your CRM system day one, in addition to grabbing all the contacts that you may have ever had and placing them into that data management system. And CRM basically is a consumer relationship manager. I mean, it says it in itself, but I think 
jumping into it as a loan officer, it seems overwhelming. So, I mean, what, what kind of things do you have to discuss about somebody that feels like it's overwhelming at first? Let's back up a little okay. and talk about the, the evolution I said yeah, I, wanted, I wanted to think of. So the way to look at these things is to really understand where they come from and why they can help you. And, and I think this is this is general information. Please don't quote me on all of this exact dates and stuff like that. But if you, if you look prior to the 1980s, CRMs existed. Okay. They may not have been electronic and they may not have been computers computerized. But what was happening at that time was that many companies out there, sales-based companies, had accounts departments that were holding the customer accounts. Maybe it was on a Rolodex, whatever it was. Once, you know, home computers and all that came into the picture, well, the game changed a little bit. The salesperson had access to their own data management. Mm -hmm. So then, then you have that. So then we fast forward a little bit to the dot-com era, you know, the dot-com boom in the, in the very beginning of the 2000s. And what happened there? Mass expansion with technology and, and internet. So then here comes the evolution. This is where the CRMs really started to change and things had to update. They have to update constantly with every new introduction of social media, with every new introduction of, in our case, uh, mortgage systems and sure. things like that. CRMs have to keep up with that. But it simplifies things for the frontline guy, the salesperson, the loan officer. Us. Exactly. Yep. So you have access now to everything they're doing for you. And if you're not using it, you're missing out. Because I think, again, it just goes back to what we said. It's the discipline of actually utilizing these systems. They've done the legwork for you. You look at governments and large corporations and countries themselves. They're using CRMs. It might not be the same stuff we're using, but it's relationship management that's growing you know, on a micro or macroeconomic level. Absolutely. So I, I think you, you, you focus it down to the salesperson, to us, and it's how you use it that's going to determine how successful you are. So, Which I guess that kind of answers the question that I asked prior to this. Essentially, if you're viewing it, the person that feels like it's overwhelming at first mm -hmm. in jumping in, and I would say, God, if I had to pick a percentage, 99%. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because yeah. there's very few that actually use them. And you've got so much going on. Yeah, and, you know, and there's even learn. fewer that use them correctly. But if you look at this as the concept of your Rolodex mm -hmm. evolved into a much grander and bigger tool, better, more efficient way to give you back your time. Right. I think that is something that we miss is this is going to take time away from me and that's why I'm not going to do it. No, the intention is it's supposed to give you back time if you're using it properly. And that's like you said a couple minutes ago, it's a tool. And you know, you're talking about somebody new who's, who may feel overwhelmed, put in that legwork now. And you're going to save yourself so much time and effort later down the line by creating this system, this database, your, your, your electronic Rolodex. By doing this right now, you're going to save yourself so much time and effort down that road. Absolutely. So let's dive into the CRM system and your process that you use. And we'll see if it's similar to some of the things that we've put into play, because I want to give the lenders and realtors out there that are listening some nuggets that they can take back and apply in their own business. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm just thinking out loud that I look at CRMs from two different angles. And Jason, please John jump Mayerson. in. Thinking out loud? Thinking out loud. I thought, I thought you were going to say CRMs from two angles. <laughs> I mean, I that one. That's awesome. <laughs> no, Jason, but, but correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I look at this from two ways. One, data management. Yeah. Okay. Every single, not just client or loan that we do, but every lead goes into the CRM. And that's what I talked about. We can deploy media, you know, campaigns and things like that to stay relevant and stay in front of them. The other side of that is the management of the actual loan process. Okay. Because depending on the CRM we're using, such as top of mind is more for these media deployments and staying relevant. Just one additional touch that we can con consistently have with people on a monthly right. basis. But then the actual loan side of things, our other CRM, which is Salesforce, is where we actually are tracking a lot of the data that is Important relevant data. to the branch. Yeah. 
sales revenue, um, fallout, things like that, making sure we're meeting deadlines and quotas. So there, there's two angles I look at the CRMs from, but that may also depend on your role and what specifically you're doing today. Absolutely. And I'm going to add a third angle to your, and you may, obviously you are doing it already, but maybe not realizing it, but you're communicating with your team. Yeah, everything through ours is all through there, even the, through the process that once it comes under out of out of underwriting, it all gets dropped in there. We work conditions through there, like everything's communicated through there. So all of our initial conversations is entered into that that system. Each file starts getting built. And mm-hmm. as the processor gets into there, that's built off of that underwriter. Everything ports together. So we know at any given time, we may not know where it's at that Right moment, minute. right. But when somebody the calls, last touch. I'm on my phone, I can see exactly, oh, here's what's going on with it. And I can answer those questions immediately without having to go to my team and ask, hey, what's going on with Mr. So-and-so and, and where are we at on it? It's all right there at your fingertips. So. Absolutely. So here, here is a nugget that uh, we've all kind of talked about within the last 60 seconds, but I'm going to bring it to light uh, with a header. If you want a way internally to eliminate most of your inner office emails because we all get a ton of them every day and just ding, 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 ding. And you'll have a processor reach out to you or you'll have team lead reach out to you and say, hey, did you get my email? Well, I'm sure I did, but I haven't seen it because I got a hundred other ones within the last 20 minutes. So if you as a team leader, branch manager, operations manager, leverage and start shifting your focus to utilizing all inner office communication within the contact card of a borrower. Now you don't have to skip or miss any of those emails because you're going to get notified regardless because somebody just made some type of update on that actual customer card. Yeah. We use it the same way. I mean, all the email communication comes out of Salesforce. Mm -hmm. It goes through your email, but it's all tagged. So anything that's been communicated, we can see. Right. We task through there for certain delegating of, of certain items. We task each team member through there. So everything's tracked. We can always go back and look at it. And to, to include the third-party order outs that, right. are, yeah. that are so imperative at the beginning of the loan process. Absolutely. That's all ordered through our CRM, tracked through the CRM. Like Jason's saying, you can see the updates as to you know, whomever's responsibility that is that they're putting notes in. Hey, I can't, you know, called the employer, didn't get an answer today, going to try again tomorrow at 3 p.m. Right. Whatever but that But it tracks like. that email that's also going out to that employer. You can see the communication between your team member and that employer. You know what's going on if there's a holdup or anything like that. So. And I think this piece of what we're discussing within CRMs allows for transparent accountability within the team. I mean, it's like, hey, the last time you touched this borrower was five days ago. We've got to do better. Why? Because you can see it yourself. There's no need to really harp on anybody. It's just, hey, we can all hold each other accountable because it's transparent. So anywho, that uh, I think that's something that gets overlooked or is not even considered in the concept of utilizing a CRM system deeper. So as we zoom out a tad, I want to hear ways that you guys have automated or utilize automation within your process. Obviously, the de- delegation piece has to do with building a team and allowing other team members to do certain things for you, such as deploying of of ads or deploying of flyers, emails, things of that nature. But the automation piece, I'd love to hear you guys' take on how you use automation within your CRM system. And maybe we can learn from each other. Let's break that into two parts, if that's okay. okay. One, we'll do operations and two for for sales. So starting with operations, Jason will probably head this one up a little bit better just from his experience in in this industry. But my initial thought on it is the integration that we've already mentioned a few times with CRMs. Okay, to our other platform that we utilize heavily that a lot of other mortgage companies are using, Flowify. Okay. Okay. 
obtaining documents. Uh, Jason, hit on the automation with Flowify and how it's connected to Salesforce. So everything through Salesforce, all the, the conditions from an underwriter, well, we'll back up a little bit. From the very beginning, when an application comes in, it goes through Flowify. All that information ports directly into Salesforce. It may, it keeps up the 1003. Everything's listed there. Any documents that come in, it's all ported through. As you get through the process, we get a conditional approval from underwriter. Okay. That gets sent over to the Salesforce side, but also our team just clicks a button. Everything gets ported over. It tells exactly what's external and what's not, what's internal, but it all talks to each other. So they can, it automates it over. Borrower knows it's just a quick phone call. Hey, something's been dropped in your file. You got the approval. They'll get that automation as well, but all that stuff's already there. They can start working on it. Any questions, call us back or let us know if you have anything right now. And throughout the whole process, the everybody in the transaction is getting notified as well. It's all through Flowify. But it talks to the CRM because everybody in that file is attached to that that person, the realtor, the title agent, the appraiser, everybody. So depending on who you want certain things to go to, you just click that button, say, hey, these these people need to be notified on this step. Boom. out. So just talking to that other system. I mean, everything just saved you days. You add them all up. Absolutely. And, And that's days within the process. God, I remember back in the day when you used to promise like 20 day closes. And it's like everything was slammed in there, but seeing some of the topics that we're talking about today, with the exception of appraisal turn times, who knows? Maybe some people we can get back to that 21 day close uh, with the use of automation within the systems. And at the end of the day, I'm just kind of thinking about here's where operations meet sales. Okay. Because at the end of the day, number one priority of the, the operation side of things is I want a very pleasant and easy experience for the home buyer. I want them to walk away feeling low stress. It's my job to stress for you. I want you to feel low stress. But also on top of that, the shortening that that distance like you're talking about between the operations and sales side is that automated communication that goes out. So like everybody's going to be a little bit different. But one of the cool perks that we amongst probably other people have is that we can edit those milestone updates that go out. We can pre-record cool videos and say, hey, good news, your appraisal's ordered. Here's what you can expect next. So that nobody feels like they're out of the loop. That constant communication is going to be the key. Absolutely. And, and I've been using that for years. And it's silly to see that there's plenty that aren't even scratching the surface with this kind of stuff. You mentioned shooting a quick video just to send to them. We actually go the same concept, but at the end, for example, and it's just one of the examples, we get the final CD from the title company that has collaborated with our closers. We'll pull it up on our screen and we will screen record us going through the CD and explaining it to them and then send it out to the borrower so that essentially they can get a great explanation without uh, any kind of distractions. They can do it on their time. And truly, it was intended, again, to save us time because there's it doesn't matter who it is, you send a CD out without any, any explanation, they're going to want explanation. It's proactive versus reactive. And if you're sending the borrower a video explaining it line by line, yeah. they kind of feel silly to call you and ask questions. Yeah. Because you just hit rewind. Jason, go ahead and write this down. We're going to steal this. <laughs> hey, no, it's, it's not stealing, guys. If you stole it from me, you stole it twice. Yeah. Right? There you go. So the idea is a melting pot. And I, I want to go over a couple more things that we actually do here, but I'll get into that here shortly. But what other ways have you guys utilized the automation? Let's go ahead and continue bridging that gap yeah. from operations to sales. So, okay. so looking at that one cool part of our sales force is that the integration, again, it's talking to top of mind. So as we progress through the process of them becoming from, you know, an initial contact, first time calling that lead to 1003 has been reviewed, credit's been pulled, 
at least the, the basic docs have been looked at. Then you can do what's called stages, and it's probably called different things in different CRMs, but ours are called stages, where we can upgrade them to the, the next step, searching for property. Because what happens oftentimes when you're really busy, you're having you know a great month as far as leads go, and you get all these pre-qualified people, and you're like, a month later, you're like, dang, whatever happened to that guy? I pre-qualified and got all his dots. They bought a house, but they used a different guy because uh, they forgot about you. Yep. So that's <laughs> the cool part about this is it, this goes back to automation. It will continue dripping them however you set it. Email, text, you probably get it to call. I don't even know. But um, and stay in front of them with content. Hey, you're searching for properties. Here's what's going on in your area. Here's what's going on with rates. Here's what we're up to. Do you have any questions? Give us a call. Constantly stay in front of them to completely minimize that fallout. Absolutely. So back before we had CRM, well, we've always had CRM systems. Back before I started utilizing my CRM system, I used to do feel good Friday calls, which was every Friday I go in and give a call to all the pre-qualified borrowers that are out shopping or not. Just, hey, if you're out shopping this weekend, just know that we're available and I can send you an approval letter now if you need to. That took a lot of time and it felt like a chore when now you send out Feel Good Friday, just, hey, let us know. It's an automation email or text. Hey, if you're out shopping, let us know so we can send you an updated pre-approval letter. Boom. And it gets you back in front of that customer that may or may not have literally forgot about yeah. you if you don't touch them within the next three days type situation. And I'm very clear to say that if that happens, the only person you can blame for that is yourself. You. Absolutely. Come back that I have forgotten about. Yeah. And they sent the email response yep. to that top of mind because it had a link in there that they searched for a property through that link. Mm -hmm. And they said, oh, here's where I'm at. And then, yeah, immediately call them, get it all set up, and they're right back at it. So, And, and here's another side of exactly what you guys are talking about. Okay, for, for a moment, forget about the 800 credit score guy that, you're, that you got to help and you know, you're hoping you stay in front of him. What about that 565 that was really close, but... Yeah, we'll send them that action plan and see what happens. Mm -hmm. There's other drip campaigns for that. Hey, you're working yep. on your credit. You know, here we gave you this plan. Here's the monthly expectation. Reach back out to us. Stay on top of those because we've now seen a year later, multiple credit repair people coming back where we're like, holy cow, you know, Absolutely. before we used this system, we would have never heard from those people again because we do a poor job of following up with them sometimes. Absolutely. And here, here is the most impactful piece of what you're saying is those types of customers, one, they find a house within a week of you letting them know that, hey, you're good to go. And the second is they send you the most people. They're the most grateful because you stuck around and helped them get to their goal when no one else would. So it is important that you stay in contact, stay in front of them, let them know that you're here. And, and the CRM system absolutely does that. So automation, or you were bridging the gap between ops yeah, and sales. And, and I think I you did think, a good job I of that. I think that's it. It's, yeah. it's these it's these stages that we can track what's yep. going on with their current file to how can we better stay in front of them. At the end of the day, like I said before, the, the big goal here is to treat people right and take care of them with you know the benefit for the mortgage professional is current client referrals and past client referrals. Show people that you care about them, do the right thing, and they're going to send their friends and family to you. Absolutely. No, I agree with that 100%. Any other ways before we move on about automation, ways that you have used or are currently using automation to give you back time? And I think that that is a huge key factor in this episode is essentially giving the loan officer, giving the realtor, the salesperson back time so that they can do what they do best, right? I mean, it's not managing data. I promise you that. So that's why these tools are created kind of layman for us to e easily utilize and leverage. 
not only does it remind you of those people, but it's also brought back some of these agents and keep you looking good for those agents because they have forgot about that person too. And when they come back to us as the lender six months down the road, eight months down the road, and then you call that agent back and you say, Hey, they're back on, they're ready to go out. And they're like, Oh, I totally forgot about that person. So that just shows your agents as well that, Hey, you're keeping up with these people. Even if they forget about it, you're not, you're going to get it back to them. And it just builds the rapport there too. So that's an awesome point. Absolutely. So I've got a potential challenge for those listening, lenders and realtors. One of the items that my team personally and my branch utilizes in regards to automation is the upfront process of collecting documents, that first touch. We, and the reason why we are the experts and our approval letters get accepted among others, is we attest that we absolutely have their documents. We've gone and reviewed their options with them and they're good to go. If if you accept an offer, this is going to close. And as you grow your business, it's hard to keep up with all those folks in regards to, okay, we just pulled credit. Now let's have the first touch, warm, fuzzy, give them hope, all that jazz, and then stress to them how important the documents are. We can't twist their arm to give us the documents. You've got plenty of consumers that don't think it's as important because they were on some website that they put their information in and it spit out an approval letter without anything, but checking their credit. But we stressed that and it was taking a lot of time in the follow-up, in keeping track, even with the CRM system. But then we realized we could use automation with the CRM system. So we ended up deploying a campaign that is a three-day campaign. Essentially, it sends out, as soon as we pull credit on the borrower, sends out a text message to them, letting them know that we're about to send them a very important email to check that. A minute later, sends them an email with the needs list. Shows them where to upload the documents, lets them know that we're going to be calling. We go ahead and reach out to them. And it's mandatory that you reach them the first time. I mean, that, in my opinion, as a loan officer, as a mentor, that is the most important call. And that call can be anywhere from, I don't know, 20 minutes to an hour if it has to be because it's a discovery phase. But then after that, again, going back to how do you continue to follow up with these people, make sure their documents. Well, the rest is a two day campaign to where the second day lets them know hey, you need to send us your documents. This is day two. You've got one more day to do this or complete this. And then the day three, we'll do the same concept, but it's big and bold. Today's your last day and it copies the referral partner on there. So that way the referral partner can share into this. Hey, we're trying to get documents from your borrower. Can you help us out? You received that email as well, right? Yep. Okay. So in essence, that I challenge you all listening to put something together that will give you back tremendous amount of time within your process so that you can use it to leverage and do what you do best. Provide more options, go out and meet more realtors, shake hands and kiss more babies. <laughs> you know? A lot of babies to be kissed. That's right. That's right. <laughs> okay. So I, I wanted to give that nugget. We've talked about automation. Do you guys have any use or experience with utilizing campaigns? Yep. And that goes back to like the, the stages I was talking about. Okay. But it doesn't have to be a stage. Let's, let's say you, you talk to somebody like, here's my example. I just talked to, a, uh, did an application for a couple that's TCSing or permanent change of station, active duty military who's moving here, but they're not moving to August of this coming year. They haven't received their official orders yet, but they just wanted to see, hey, where do I stand? So let's, let's avoid any hiccups way ahead of time perfect person for a campaign. You know, let's stay in front of that person. Let's send them VA loan content, Mm -hmm. um, knowing that they're not yet searching for a property, but let's get them information that they need. 
So that's one example. The other side of campaigns is we're talking a lot about CRM's customer relationship management. Not everybody's a customer. What about your industry referral partners or not even referral partners? What about the title companies you work closely mm-hmm. with who you want to make sure that they have information? Set them up on media campaigns. I mean, it goes it goes in so many directions. It goes down to every single holiday. Send them their little sure. heart for, for Valentine's Day this year. And I think a good practice, and you guys tell me if this is the way that you came up with it, is itemizing the tasks that you do from start to finish and then determining what can be automated, what can be leveraged, what can be turned into a campaign. I mean, example, all previous customers after X amount of time are going to receive a annual checkup email. Yeah, and we do that the email. Right. Yeah. So in essence, you can then take and leverage that to where they click on the picture or whatever it is, the content within the body of the email, and it takes them to a form that gets them back in front of you. And the idea is relationship management. Yes, it's data, but there's a customer behind that. So what is the importance? It's finding that need that that customer is always going to need and bringing yourself to fulfill that need, right? And I think here's a little nugget. I I would challenge people to find out what's your highest click rate or answered campaign that you have. One I've learned in the past, locally, if you're you're listening here in Texas or Bear County is where we are, homestead exemptions. Those can only be filed the January after you purchase a home from January to April. Mm -hmm. Perfect campaign. You know, maybe I haven't talked to this person in nine or 10 months because they closed that long ago. Sure. Here's an easy way to get in front of them. Hey, don't forget about that homestead exemption. This is going to save you X amount of dollars. So I would say, you know, really brainstorm and figure out what are your best campaigns that you can put together to make sure you're actually helping people and providing follow-up value. Absolutely. And we also automate that to remind ourselves. I was going to say, yeah, you've got to do that for yourself as well. That's one thing we didn't really touch on, but we do automate a lot of stuff to remind ourselves. So one thing that we've adopted is tasking ourselves after we complete a task. I love that. And, and, And why I love it is because I've always lived by the concept of you don't use your brain to remember, you use it to solve problems. Right. (laughs) Because that's what I've done for the past 10 years, you know. But yeah, that is an absolutely outstanding suggestion is to use that to remind yourself of the things that you're supposed to be doing. But yet we have so many things within our day that we have to do if you're doing it the right way. So no, that that's that's great. Let's see here. The data management piece, campaigns, leveraging. You had mentioned something a moment ago, Andrew, that uh, stuck with me, which is testing the campaigns or, or you said grabbing the one that is best or highest click rate yep. or open rate and deploying that. Do you or have you deployed multiple different tested and then utilized? Does that make sense? We have. And actually, I'm going to throw this one back to Jason. Okay. He's yeah. the expert here. We, I think it was um, a refinance campaign we recently did where you were checking click rates on uh, open email rates and people who actually followed the link within the email. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everything's through top of mind, but yes, it is through the click-through rate, who opens it, finding out the percentage of who opens it, how many people are actually clicking through it, how many people are spending time on it. Everything's monitored, but we did the beginning of this year, the refi campaign for all our past clients and everything obviously is managed by the same systems. So we put, we filter it out. We say, Hey, we want to campaign to these people. It goes out to however many hundreds of people it went out to. And we've figured out, okay, this worked better than this. We had more click through on this style of campaign. What is more appealing to the look? 
of what they're looking at, because a lot of it, I mean, they just think it's spam. They'll just click over. But depending on how our marketing team formats it, it makes it look more personal. And those are always a lot better. We have more return on those. So. Sure. And, and that, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to add to that. I mean, this, this is so important because whether you're you know managing a branch or whether you're that brand new loan officer who a lot of these costs are coming out of your pocket, this information right here, this data mining that you're doing is what's going to determine how to deploy and allocate those precious dollars that you have in the very beginning of your career towards what should you be spending your time on? 100%. It is the difference in working on your business and in your business. And I'll apply it to the same concept. And it's an old concept that I don't adopt. I don't uh, back, which is throw the file up against the wall and see if it sticks. Right. We've all heard it. And it was all prior to us getting into the industry. And that's what they would say. You know, the old dogs would say, just throw it up against the wall, see if it sticks. Right. Uh, yeah. No, not so much anymore. I, I do believe that you can do that with things like campaigns. You can test your ads. You can test your campaigns, your email deployments to see which one is going to stick, but not in regards to the actual loan consumer file. But let me ask, have you guys determined which types of campaigns or promotional emails, things of that nature work the best for you guys? And obviously everywhere is going to be different, but for you all, yeah, I mean, I, that's what I was kind of touching on before was the homestead exemption campaign. Mm -hmm. Depending, know your market, know the economy. Refinances, obviously, over the last year or two were the big boom for a lot of people. Yeah. Now, I, my business personally, I haven't been in this industry long enough to have such an extensive list to where I could solely base my volume on refinances. So mm -hmm. I stayed pretty heavy with purchases. But we saw a lot of success by doing that. And then, you know, th there's a lot of conversations to have outside of CRM, such as, What's that company we use? Sly Broadcast or yeah. Sly Dial? Things like that. Oh, that Sly you can, Yeah, I've heard of that. That you can enhance what you're doing on your CRM to be able to build upon your campaign that you're doing. So to answer your question, Mark, in a shorter uh, shorter answer is, yeah, so that we've kind of determined the refinance one works, loan-specific programs, and then outside of the customer themselves, referral partners. 100%, you know, yeah. Let's say you go meet that brand new realtor, and let's say you're new and you have a lot of time. You're not necessarily working on loans, and you're out there doing three, five, seven, eight new realtor coffee meetings per week, right? Mm -hmm. That's a lot of people to stay on top of and sure. make sure you're continuing to text or call or follow up with. Put them on a campaign. Obviously, make sure it's a legitimate one. Don't just spam them with all the same junk that everybody's getting, but put them on a campaign. And I know earlier in my time, that was effective. It was being able to, to do that because I want to make sure I have a reason to follow up with them, not like just, that. cool, you talked to me, you know, let's do some business. Right. No, let's set a follow-up appointment. And here's some information I'm going to make sure you're getting with our loan programs or whatever it may be to help value. you value. Well, yeah, yeah, there's, there's got to be a value. value. They yeah. want to know how are you going to help me? Absolutely. And a huge value in itself is teaching them how you use your CRM system. There you go. Right. I mean, and also maybe enlightening on how they can use their CRM system to leverage and you guys work together to build a large book of business combined that you're constantly having return business because of the impact of you guys leveraging what you're doing together. Right. And another thing that uh, you had mentioned is the, the refis. You didn't have too many refis when this boom was happening, which that's an incredible thing in my opinion, because as we're sliding out of it, the folks that paid attention to refinances and disregarded the purchases are now trying to figure out how to get purchases get back, again, you know. get back in front of those. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's a blessing and a curse. If some want to look at it both ways, <laughs> depending what time it is. Yeah. yeah Touche. Yeah. yeah. It's pure, pure luck right now, but <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Um, okay. So um, let's see here. Leveraging with referral sources. We've talked about it a little bit. I just want to see 
If you guys have any suggestions, what ways have you leveraged the CRM system with your referral partners? I would say pay attention to your, your, you know, know your accounts pyramid, know who your top referral partners are and pay attention to what CRM they're using. The the reason we bring this up is kind of two things. One, uh, we were just speaking to somebody, Keller Williams. Every company is going to have their, whether it's their CRM or, or maybe like a proprietary system within that CRM to where they're helping their agents or whomever your referral partner may be to use that. So understand how theirs works and how you can help each other with your you know communication. The other side of it is like for us, we, we have an a, addition to our sales force. It's actually, a, again, a, a smaller company called uh, escrow. So escrow is something where we can split the cost because of legalities, mm-hmm. split the cost with one of your top referral partners and be able to put them on the same CRM platform that you're on so that they can see all your notes on their leads hmm. all Certain the way through notes. the file. Yeah, well, right. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the legal notes. Yeah. yeah. No, what's I, I what's say important that, to them, they get to see. Exactly. But it's all through Salesforce. They communicate with each other. So if you have realtors that aren't utilizing a CRM, having giving them another tool is another reason for them to use you anyway. Right. But you can integrate that as another tool for yourself because now you're seeing everything that they're doing and it's porting over to your system as well. Absolutely. So. And I think each phase that we're rolling out within this discussion is giving back the loan officer, the realtor time so that they can spend either working on their business more or working in their business. Or if they're at the point that they have a team, it's teaching and educating your other loan officers, realtors, team members, how to do what you did to get to where you are. So let's talk about the, we've talked about automation. We've talked about leverage. We've talked about campaigns. I would like to hear about integration piece. We mentioned it at the beginning. I said we'd come back to it, but there seems to be more and more integration that is being applied or allowed to come into the picture with the mortgage industry and our CRM systems. Mm -hmm. How are you guys using integrations at the moment? There's a lot of integration that we use. For our docs, we kind of talked about it, Flowify. Right, and, and I, I even Salesforce. wrote that down. That's yeah. one of the key factors I'm going to spotlight. Yeah, so that is big. Top of mind, big. The other one is making it easier on the customer. We we have Plaid that all syncs with Flowify. There's there's a bunch of different integrations just inside the Flowify app that they can link their bank account, and it'll just port over for us the information that we need instead of having to ask them over and over again. If we need to update something, we just click refresh. It automatically pulls their information, obviously with their consent. And it puts it into the system and it's only the pertinent information and it automatically pulls, hey, if there's any large deposits, that kind of stuff. So different things like that. And every day they come on with a new one. But that all those are big and it talks to our loan origination software now as well. Anytime we move a milestone in there, it's automatically triggering to Salesforce, showing where that the stage is at. Like they're not searching for property anymore. They're now in uh, approval status or wherever it's at funding. And it's triggering different campaigns for those, but also milestones through Flowify which we can personalize those videos that are automatically just sent out because now we've, the underwriter hit the conditional button, the conditional approval button. Everything gets sent out through all these different systems yeah. and we don't have to think about it. We're just doing our own thing. So, Which I want to remind those listening, the reason why you're jumping into the CRM system and getting detoured from it quickly is because you probably believe that all the things that we're talking about are supposed to automatically happen. And that doesn't occur. You've got to take the time to 
dig in and see what you want to happen when you want it to happen and put that together as kind of a, a game plan or a roadmap for the system itself. And once you've already set it, then at a certain point, cliche, you can forget it, right? Yeah. <laughs> but you have to get it set up that way. Correct. And, and everybody's different. Everybody wants their, everybody their process has different to be. Things, yeah. Exactly. But the tool is there to do what you want it to do. Right. And once it's set up, like you said, you don't have to keep going back and tweaking it or cl- clicking this button mm-hmm. every single time. You can let it do its thing. Let me go back to that automation. Yeah, freeing yeah. up your time. Like, up, yeah. My big thing is like, look, if Jason stayed up all night eating too many tacos or whatever, and he's thrown up in the toilet and dropped his phone in the toilet and I can't get a hold of him, I want to know exactly where his loan is at without having to even get in touch with him. And that's the beauty of this integration on these systems. And I can't help but think that that was probably a semi-true story. So, but back to that, you, you are correct. It is super important. In regards to setting that stuff up. Now, in the integration piece, I want to also, and I I, I don't ever want to talk over any of the listeners' heads, integration at its core root is intended to communicate. It's two different, three different, four different technologies that are communicating with each other to share all the information and in turn integrate themselves with working with one. So that is a huge tool that is totally underutilized. Example, I think most people, the only integration that they use is social media integration. Right. And that's probably the one that is not the best use of integration. That's one we really haven't even talked about. Yeah, absolutely. Can you, (laughs) isn't that strange? But that is probably the most used. If we took a survey on what integrations you use with your CRM system, the answer is probably, oh yeah, I've got my social media set up in there. Okay, you realize consumers don't want to see nothing but mortgage stuff, right? right. <laughs> Coming from, And in addition, they know it's not you posting because it literally says posted from this system. Yep. It's kind of silly. So I, I do want to make sure that we did spotlight that in its appropriate manner, which is that's probably not the best use of an integration. Whereas things like, Integrating your calendar with your CRM system, integrating your dialer with your CRM system, integrating uh, something called Zapier, where leads get thrown into and then get zapped into your CRM system for you. Um, these are things that I don't know if we're lazy as as a, a whole in the industry or I don't know, are scared of it. I think the the big, uh, this is another perception thing Mm -hmm. because a lot of it depends on where do you find your business. I don't find business on social media. I don't even try to. I know there's a lot of CRMs that the purpose is to capture leads. I don't capture leads on CRMs. That's not what I use mine for. Should I? Possibly. Probably. Yeah, that's what I mean. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I I just don't do things that way. Jason does a lot more of that than I do. So I think it depends on who you're talking to and what the purpose of what they're doing is because somebody whose sole effort is like, like we got a guy in the office who, who closes two or three, four deals a month off of Facebook yeah, because yeah. he hunts those pages and everything that you see, home buyer pages and things like that. And I would say that maybe the CRM, he should be linking his his social media to an integrating it. I agree with that. You but know even I mean? still, even someone like that, the reason why he's probably doing so well with the social media lead capture is he's probably not going about it in the way that you think he is. He's being himself. He's yep. posting things. He's being social. He People want to work with him. And it doesn't matter what he's doing. He could switch to becoming a car salesman. They'll still want to work with him. Yeah. Does that make sense? It, total sense. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. if he integrated, I, I would actually tell you, don't don't let him do that. Yeah. <laughs> because then his 
following base has the potential to unfollow him. They see personal. something that yeah. is boring coming like out. For, oh, so now he's got somebody manages in his account. He's too good for right, us now. Right, right, you yeah. know, he's That's, moved up. Yeah, perception is reality, and and painting that perception or going away from what something that is already working. And, and I will tell you guys, we're on this podcast. Me being in the industry nine years, this was this is a dream of mine to be able to have conversations about something that I'm super passionate about. Oh my gosh, yeah. But in the beginning, 100% utilized social media to leverage when nobody else was. So I can attest to that 100%. But anywho, that, that was a little rabbit hole we went down. Yeah. But I will tell you, whoever that loan officer is, have him continue doing what he's doing and just right. do more of it. Yeah. Okay, so leverage. Referral sources, partners, data management, automation, campaigns. Uh, I've gotten Flowify out of this, which I did not. I, I've spoken about, and I don't think it was explained the way you just did. And that's that's. I'm going to look into that. That's pretty cool. It's a good tool. Um, I think we have set that stuff up with automation, but it's not something that is a plug and play. We don't have to do anything other than have the Flowify piece to it. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, everything it starts mm -hmm. in Flowify, but it talks, it sends every all the data over yeah. to uh, Salesforce, and then that gets sent over to our origination software. But Flowify, there's just the milestone buttons across the top. As you go through it, they start getting checked off depending on what milestone it is. It'll go to agents, it'll go to title. Everything just kind of does its thing. You oversee it, manage it. We have one guy that kind of oversees then make sure that's running properly, mm -hmm. but it does its own thing. All of our docs get pulled through there. They get accepted and dropped into certain boxes of the way we need to accept them. And it all ports to itself. So. Okay. Yeah. No, I really like that. And I'm, I'm going to look further into that 100%. So I want to kind of bring it layman to cap it all off. Your customer that you pull credit on is integrated from your the system that you use, your operating system, your yep. LOS, yep. Mm -hmm. automatically goes into your CRM system. Your referral partners that you come in contact with that, if you can remember, which should just kind of be second nature to throw into your CRM system. Yep. Who else would be a good candidate to go into one's CRM system? Expand on that for me, Market. Who should go into your CRM system? Okay. Our system, each file, there's a name, uh, all the contacts that are associated with that file, the seller, the buyer, the seller's agent, the buyer's agent, they all build that database of yep. customers we've worked with. And that's all in the CRM. And then we expand on internal names that need to be in this. Okay. So we put, I mean, every, every little, not little, because these are, these are big jobs. I hate to, I hope you cut that out. Don't say little, but for real, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. The, all the people that are involved in the loan process, the processor, the loan officer assistant, the, what we call an internal LO, everybody involved in this from our funder to underwriter. Everybody. So those are going to be second nature. I think I did a bad way of explaining. If you were trying to grow, if, okay. and I like the word trying, yep. if you're growing your database or your reach and your abilities to do more loans, more okay. business, yep. who goes in your CRM system? I would say everybody you can. That's the simple way to put it. Everybody. You know? Yeah. And I think people think that's silly. Again, going back to the concept of they, they perceive it as a task and not a tool uh -huh. that can continue to give and give and give if you're using it the right way. Yep. Or they think that they're not in this for the long haul. Right. I've been in this industry for nine years and I still have customers from day one yep. that I'm in contact with. Why? Because it's important to me. I didn't come into this, uh, like I say, half ass. Right. I, I went whole ass. Okay. You got it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Dipped it all in there. That's right. <laughs> um, sorry, Jason, you were going to mention something. I was just going to say, like, we're always so focused on the seller side mm -hmm. or the buyer side. I'm sorry, the buy side. Yep. 
that we we integrate a lot of stuff with uh, the sell side too. And I've picked up a lot of new agents off of that just because of the job we've done. And I know you have too, just off of keeping that information in the CRM as well, who we worked with, who was on the sell side, what, what did we do on this file mm-hmm. and go back and revisit it with those people and stay in front of them because they'll remember the job you did. If, obviously you don't mess up, but right. I mean, if you did a good job, <laughs> exactly. You know, so a lot that of this, was a big, a lot one. of this automation we're talking about ultimately revolves around enhancing communication, which it doesn't even need to be said that communication is probably one of the most important part of the mortgage process. That's what realtors say yeah. is communication, communication. Yeah. So if we can automate the communication to where they don't have to reach out to us for certain things, unless obviously it's outside of the norm. Awesome. Like he's talking about, you may have just picked up a new referral partner just by impressing them with excess communication. 100%. And I think uh, you just alluded to the next episode that should be, uh, should take place, which is what do realtors want? There you go. Because they mention communication, communication, but when you've got communication that's happening with automation, like we should have, if you're doing it the right way these days, what else do you want? And we'll find out the real answer when we go into that. Uh, I like that. Pick a couple of uh, solid agents here in in town to have that discussion with. So guys, uh, as we end this, is there anything that you would like to give in way of nuggets, re-emphasize anything that our listeners can take to the bank and cash? Honestly, I... I cannot hone in on discipline enough, okay? Because all this cool technology that we have that maybe wasn't even around nine years ago, you still have to be the one to put in the work in these early stages to do this. I would argue that we are in the coolest, almost best kept secret career field that exists in the United States. I think it's the coolest thing in the world that we have access to do what we do. Like, okay, so I'm trying to explain to, to, to our three-year-old at home, or four-year-old, I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, mortgage, whatever. They don't care what mortgage is, but to me, it's the coolest it's thing the in the coolest world. It's the coolest thing. Right? And I have the biggest grin on my face because seeing you articulate that, yeah. I can tell you're passionate, the same as me, and you're level of passion is totally showing through, man. There we go. But, but, but at the end of the day, like, yes, it's exciting, but let's not shy away from the fact that it's not easy. Okay. Cause if it was, everybody would do it. All the people that you might've started in this industry with would probably still be in this industry. If it was easy, it's not. But once you get over those initial hurdles of the maybe first one, two or three years, and you do start to see kind of some automation through your own efforts and through the technology that you're using, it is so worth it. So I would say just stay disciplined, especially in those first couple years that you're doing this. And it will definitely pay off in the long run. I love that. Jason, got anything to add? No. <laughs> Pretty damn good, huh? 100% right there. <laughs> yeah, good. no, exactly. Stick to it. Discipline yourself because I see a difference in myself when I stay to what I'm supposed to be doing. Because if you fall off, you'll you'll feel it. So stay disciplined because you'll feel the reward at the end. So 100%. And find, find that mentor. Find yes. that person who's good with their CRM and, and copy them. Don't reinvent the wheel. I agree with that. I mean, that's a key factor. Um, if you're going to do it, do it right the first time. And in order to learn how to do it right the first time, don't be scared to ask someone that already is doing it and has mastered it. I promise they will be thrilled to show you. Yeah. We're a bunch of nerds, man. At the end of the day, uh, keeping it with ourselves, we can only grow our book so big. It's a reason for this show. Essentially, it's like, it's all in here. Let's get it out. (laughs) Um, So I want to recap a couple of key factors. Uh, Flowify, something I'm definitely going to look into in regards to the uh, integration piece that will communicate and do some pretty cool stuff for you. I like that. The evolution, obviously, we've seen the concept of a Rolodex now evolve to a CRM system. Doesn't matter which one you're using. Get in there and start messing around with it. Uh, I think uh, on a previous episode, somebody mentioned the best way to learn how to do loans is to do loans. We've got a couple of 
tools or highlights that will give you back time, which is automation and delegation in regards to the CRM system. And then in the end, you can use all of this to leverage your in need of time. We only have 24 hours in a day. How do we use that CRM system to give us back the time that's already there? And then finally, working on your business and not in your business all the time. In order to have these CRM systems and use them properly, you've got to actually work on them. So this is Key Factors Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Jones. And guys, we will catch you on the next one. Thanks, Mark. 